Hello, hello! Welcome to Dubai Fashion News, the podcast where you can get to know everything about the fashion industry. Here we will interview fashion designers, influencers, models, photographers, shop owners, you name it and what for, to learn their insights, their stories and the lessons they learn along the way. I'm your host, Araceli Gallego, recording from Dubai and editing from Spain. Why is that? Because I am on holidays! Yoo-hoo! <laughs> well, allow me to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Dina Melwani and she is the designer and mastermind behind her eponymous brand. Dina is not a common designer. She has great business skills and she's going to share with us today how she started in November 2015 and how she managed to have her garments selling internationally already. She has a wealth of knowledge. So if you are a fashion designer or if you know one that wants to start selling overseas, make sure you listen to the full podcast because it is full of tips and tricks. Stay put, don't go anywhere. The interview starts right now. Hi, Dina. Hi. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you today in the Buy Fashion News Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your show. And uh, I'm very honored. Oh, the honor is all ours. We want to learn from you so many things. How you, your story, how you grew into an international brand in such a short uh, period of time. Really, we're so curious. I have Definitely. so many questions. <laughs> I'm ready to give the secrets away for your show. So. I love that. Okay, I have the first question actually is kind of like ABC. Like, what started your passion in fashion? Okay, so uh, as a person since I was small, uh, I was a very creative individual. So I was always interested in singing and dancing and painting. So mm-hmm. I um, definitely took cor- courses for everything, but uh, especially I went to painting school when I was 12. So, uh, four years, and uh, I won uh, within the first year national and international contests. And uh, that kind of directed me into, you know, becoming more creative and, uh, you know, exploring and and, in arts and, um, you know, how we were doing sculptures and paintings. And and I always liked uh, painting, you know, uh, beautiful girls wearing nice dresses, you know, because Moldova is a country, you know, we weren't, we were very isolated after the Soviet Union, you Mm -hmm. know, so we didn't have that much you know, uh, options in terms of fashion and everything. So whatever I was looking at um, from the TV, I always admired, you know, um, certain designers and certain pieces. And I always were looking forward to one day, you know, expanding into that direction. So I think, um, you know, once I moved to Dubai, then I took courses in fashion. I, I followed the course in Esmond University. Then oh, nice. we lived in London for two years. I went to London College of Fashion nice. for a few courses there. So, um, you know, that put the base for it. And I, I saw that this is something I like to do. And that's what made me take an interest into it. Which designers have been an, an influence for you? Okay, so... Um, there are many designers that uh, inspire me, but uh, one of them is definitely Carolina Herrera, uh, Valentino, and Elisa. But Carolina Herrera is uh, my favorite because I always bought her uh, her uh, yes, yeah. dresses and the most beautiful tops, and you know, and now. I have pieces that I bought eight years ago, seven years ago, and I'm still wearing it up till now, you know, uh, 
is that timelessness and yeah. classic uh, pieces and the very elegant and feminine, you know, that still 60s influence. And that's what I like. I like to be able to give a person a piece that that person can then wear throughout the years without the, you know, uh, being a part of a trend for a season. You know, yeah. I don't want to give something that is seasonal, you know. So that's why I look at these designers as an influence, you know, because they are more classy and timeless yeah. in terms of fashion. Oh, I love that. Uh, how do you describe your brand? Okay, so my brand is, um, I would describe it as being very sophisticated, very feminine, very classic. You know, I uh, we focus mostly on classic pieces and, you know, cocktail dresses with the accent of, uh, I always say 60s, you know, because that's my favorite time, you know, in terms of fashion, you know. Yeah, beautiful. So I, and, you know, we always uh, offer that uh, luxurious feel to clothing. However, we keep the accessibility in terms of, uh, you know, affordability of, of oh. it, you know. So, um, yeah. So it would be <laughs> kind of like affordable, but then it's high-end. High-end, yes. And classic cut. And it, it is affordable, however, it is very high-end because in terms of our suppliers, we use the best suppliers there are. We, use, we work a lot with, with Italy and, and uh, Spain and France. Mm-hmm. In terms, so I buy my jacquards, I buy my tricot, I buy it from Italy. Mm-hmm. So I work with suppliers that work with Dolce & Gabbana, that work with Elisab and uh, Barbary and Ferragamo. Mm-hmm. So I use that, that uh, kind of material. And in terms of production, we work with factories that are uh, producing for Lavon, they're producing for Isabel Maran, they're producing for Cavalli. So we work with two factories uh, that are like that. So I want to give my clients a luxurious feel with very good material, top material, and uh, the quality of production uh, of high-end brands such as Lavon and Isabel Maran. However... Still give them the affordability, you know, make my brand much more affordable for my everyday clients, so they can have that. Uh, so it's affordable you know, luxury, but it's not it's, cheap. It's not cheap. Different no, thing. It's, yeah, it's very quality, different yeah. because the quality that I've seen is not is is that yeah. has a cost for sure. And everything <laughs> is hand. Uh, the embroidery is by hand, mm-hmm. and you know we don't. I really want to focus on quality and giving my clients a good product because for my my personal uh, feel is I'd rather have clients that are happy with the product and then keep coming back to mm-hmm. me and they're mm-hmm. very happy with what they have for me. So that's my uh, pleasure out of my work. Money don't necessarily motivate me as much as uh, the satisfaction of seeing my clients happy. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is a very important factor in any business to make your clients happy, to, to never compromise on quality, to get satisfaction from your work. That's what keeps me motivate, motivated and keeps me going. You that's know? beautiful. That's how money should be all the time. Yeah. Have your, <laughs> <and, laughs> your clients in mind. How, how did your work evolve? So I evolved um, in terms of I, uh, I'm taking more risks now. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm definitely in my new collection. Uh, my clients see more prints. I experience, I experiment with jacquards, I experiment with embroidery, I experiment with, uh, you know, uh, hand embroidery accessories and uh, and. Uh, How so was it before? Before was, uh, you know, I started my first collection 
very, you know, I used only plain materials with the old okay. combined them with laces, but very, uh, you know, conservative. Okay. Let's put it this way. And now I experiment with a lot of more cuts. I I'm, I'm, I went into trousers, into jackets, into tops, into, you know, I have four stories. So I have um, in my, we have the elegant, we have the, uh, you know, uh, fusion, we have the daywear, and then we have the cocktail dresses as well. So, you know, I evolved in terms of structuring my collections, uh, catering to particular markets, you know, because, you know, the market in Dubai is, is very different from one yeah. shop to the other, yeah. I've noticed, you know. Even from one shop to another? Yeah, oh, because, wow. you know, certain shops, they cater to more, or more you know, younger people, and okay. certain shops cater to, you know, an older market and that uh, from certain countries that prefer more conservative yeah. and, uh, you know. So you have to learn how to customize all your customers. Therefore, I decided that instead of doing one collection, I'm will gonna do. I will incorporate in one collection four different stories. While oh. I'm gonna focus on different, you know, um, I, I basically I divided my clients into four different yeah. categories, and I'll say, okay, this will be for this, this will be for this client, and this. So, so it's easier for me. To mm-hmm. design and it's easier for me to please everyone. Yeah. Let's put it this way. And, yeah. and you yeah. have your four target market in yeah, mind. In mind, but it's not just necessarily my four target market because uh, well, I have my target market is one, but uh, I have my you know just four directions. You know because my target market that will buy my content dress will also buy my day day wear. Yeah. However, this day collection. I not I cannot necessarily sell in a certain shop that only caters for evening dresses mm-hmm, or for mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just split it in four directions, which I then can distribute in more uh, point, uh, sales points mm-hmm. across uh, you know uh, Dubai or other countries. Oh, so that's, that's very I'm... interesting. <laughs> that's a good trick. Huh? I'm giving I'm giving all my secrets away. Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, how do you differentiate yourself from? Other similar brands that maybe in the market. Okay, so I definitely uh, what about well, affordability. Affordability. Yeah, luxury. So I think that's a one yeah. key factor of. Well. So that's the key factor, and um, another thing is um, what I've seen um, brands here. They what they look at is uh, how to make more money and how to, you know, use uh, cheaper materials. You know, even I see that with luxurious brands using Chinese. I'm not saying Chinese material because you have Chinese very nice, you know, yeah. I'm just saying using, I'm sorry, well, they use, let's say, very cheap quality, um, you know, chiffons, very cheap quality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every single material. material is very cheap. So that translates into design, no matter how beautiful the, the design of the item, of the of a certain mm-hmm. garment is, uh, the material finally makes the dress, uh, either it gives it, uh, it gives it, a look or, or, or it destroys it, or it destroys it you know <laughs> so that's what uh, I've noticed you know so I never I will never compromise on my materials or on my quality because regardless how my designs will be I can do a very simple design but if I use the right materials that that dress will sell yeah. immediately because people appreciate good quality people appreciate good materials it we live in a society where people want to, to look beautiful want to feel good and they want to have a luxurious item. You know? So what how I differentiate myself, I definitely work on a much lesser margin. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't focus myself on making money as much as I focus myself on um, bringing my brand out there, 
addressing as many people as I can and work eventually on volume. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'd rather focus on volumes than, you know, because um, a lot of brands here, they do this mistake because I've seen, I've worked with a lot of, um, a lot of designers before also, mm-hmm. you know, so what they do, they make one, 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 one item, yeah. but then the price the is through the roof. Yeah, the uh, then they try to, you know, uh, they, they try to, obviously if you make one, one, one item, you know, the pattern making takes time, everything takes time, the, the price eventually will be very high to make one item. Then they try to cut costs by, you know, cutting the cost of material, cutting cost of, you know, the quality and everything. However, uh, when a client comes and sees that uh, the, the product is, the quality is not the way they want, the, the material is not the way, they don't come back. I don't want that for uh, my brand. So um, what I've learned, one has to learn how to reach economies of scale. So... Uh, uh, if I buy my material, I buy hundreds and thousands of meters. If I buy, if I go into production, I order hundreds of units because that's how ultimately uh, is, um, uh, that's how ultimately I'm going to make money. By, yeah. Once you buy your material, it's much cheaper to buy a thousand meters than to buy 50 meters, mm-hmm. once, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how we are working now. So we're working like an international brand. Um, and that's how I started to work because if I start small, it takes a much, much longer time yeah, to, reach to reach what you want to reach rather than starting mm-hmm. properly, having a proper business plan in place and targeting the right stores and, you know, expanding, you know, uh, accordingly. So Dina Melwani as a brand, it was launched only in November 2015, so it's, it's not even two years. Yeah, not even such one year a, and a half. Yeah. Such a short period of time, you managed to be already selling in different shops around the world. And and uh, how you made, how did you transition from the beginning? You decided, I'm going to be international. I'm going to start yes. from zero to 100. <laughs> I didn't like that. Kind I, of I didn't really knew uh, at the beginning because, you know, we always make these mistakes. We don't know what we're getting ourselves into. You know, we... <laughs> I always thought uh, uh, of fashion designer being the most glamorous uh, business to be in, you know, and I thought, okay, this is, this shouldn't be that hard for me to do. However, you learn a lot as you go, you know, so I've uh, started with um, one employee, then I started, then immediately I got two more, so three employees uh, um, that, uh, you know, we were, we were catering for private clients as well as uh, I wasn't even thinking of stores as yet. I was still doing my collection. Right. As I was doing my collection, I realized that, you know, there's so many things involved in doing a collection. This, and I realized one thing, that I would make my collection with so by buying materials locally. Mm-hmm. Then, once I got into stores later on, and my the stores started ordering from my previous collection, I will want this item, I want this item. When I went back, and I, whatever I, I had material, I made few, few, few yeah. items each. A lot of clients started buying um, those dresses. Right. I went back to the market to supply the material, and I couldn't find it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they didn't have it anymore. Yeah. So that's my realization. I said, okay, I have to work with factories. Yeah. Because if the moment you work with a factory, you order 300, 400 meters, you have it in stock, 
you you produce more however once your your material finishes you can always call within you know there are factories that within three days they're able to give you the stock mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and other factories they'll take two three weeks other five will take one month but you will get the stock and yeah. you will you can keep providing the same design if that design works yeah so I then know. i said okay i need to sit down on this Mm-hmm. Because the first few months was a learning process for me. I was saying, okay, where do I get my materials? Okay, let me get some suppliers. Let me go to few exhibitions. So, you know, <laughs> just to go to exhibitions in Paris, in um, in London, you know. So just getting my suppliers and my clients and my, you know, thing together. Uh, and my real work started less than a year ago, actually, from September Oh, wow. that's when I actually opened and took those. Oh, skyrocket, yeah. Skyrocket. But up to, <laughs> yeah, up to, 2000, uh, up to September, because I was in London also, up to September 2016, I was, that was my learning process. And the summer of 2016, that's when I sat down and I went and I said, I did a plan for myself and I said, this is what I want to do. What do I need to do this? How much sales do I need to make to cover all my costs? What do I need to do to make the sales? How many stores do I need to have? And, you know, you take it step by step and you take it slowly. And, you know, it's all about knocking doors and being persistent and going going from place to place and and selling your collection. But to sell your collection, you have to have something that is unique, something that doesn't compete, something that is of a high quality and something that you are not embarrassed to show. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> so it's very, you know, important for me to put lining, to put piping, to put, you know, in my, yeah. you know, I don't want to be another mango or yeah, right. uh, Zara quality, you know what I mean? Because it's mass market quality. Yeah. If you want to position yourself, you have to know what's your, what, what where do you want to position mm-hmm, yourself? Mm-hmm. And what should your quality be like if you want to position yourself there? Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's very important. The devil is in the details at the end yeah. of the day. So yeah, you, definitely. You, know, you have to pay attention to those and details the buyers that make the look, difference. The buyers, look, there shouldn't be one small dot on the clothes. You know, there are mm-hmm. buyers that will look how the garment looks inside and outside. And outside. Yeah. It's not only outside. It yeah. has to look good everywhere. So yeah. that's very important just for new designers out there. You know, yeah, 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 definitely. How does your creative process differ from haute couture? To when you are doing actually ready to wear over that but yeah. okay. you also do haute couture you yeah don't do i do it, like, i do haute couture openly, but well. yeah, yeah you also do haute couture so my my main focus is the pret-a-porter so when i do the pret-a-porter collection um i'll start with that yeah, 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 so, yeah. <laughs> so when i do the pret-a-porter collection we always have a mood board okay okay well what should be the direction of the, our collection, what should be the colors, and, the, you know, we have basically an inspiration. Mm-hmm. After a move board, then, um, as I said, we we have four stories, mm-hmm. and then based on those stories, then, uh, and the colors, I choose my uh, materials to work with, and mm-hmm. my my fabrics, my accessories, and, and, and then I, I, I always put on mood, everything on the mood board. Then I start designing, you know, and um, it is a process. And uh, as I design, things change and we keep, uh, you know, uh, it moving around. But like the base, the basic is that, that it starts from a mood board. We have the set colors in mind. We have uh, a plan. Mm-hmm. However, 
as a hot couture is completely it's a completely different mm -hmm. uh, process um you know i use, i did the collection hot couture uh, you know, which i photographed uh, um, in my campaign last year uh, however now i prefer to focus on my clients because you know i have a lot of clients and you know my husband is uh, indian mm -hmm. and uh, we have a lot of uh, friends from the indian community that uh, are being very supportive uh, of uh, you know of me and they always come to me whenever they want to go for a wedding or for a party oh, nice. you know and i like designing for them because you know everyone has different body shapes and you know everyone has uh, is different in their own way they, they have different preferences so when you design for a certain body shape you learn a lot what suits a certain body what doesn't suit you know you're doing the design from scratch for them? Yeah, for of course. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. you have to do it because, you know, you you look you know, you know look at a certain body and, you know, you immediately see that our shoulder will suit better than a mm -hmm. close one or, uh, um, you know, uh, something that is uh, straight will suit better one person and something that is a bit more puffy will suit the other person. And, you know, it, it's a process that I really enjoy working with my client, my favorite thing, because, you know, what I find, mm -hmm. a lot of my clients are very talented uh, women. Oh. A lot of my clients, actually, I always, you know, listen to them and I learn a lot and, you know, they design, they design themselves uh, with me, you know, because they say, okay, maybe a sleeve like this will look better and maybe we should put oh. something here. And then I'm thinking, you know what, this, this actually will do good. And we always create something as a team and it's my favorite thing in the world to be honest that you know that's my that's my passion to sit with my clients and learn what they like and you know once they go to the wedding once they go to the party and they say you know what i received so many compliments oh. i'm so and this fills my heart with joy yeah <laughs> so you know the haute couture is something i really enjoy doing for my clients however you know I prefer because, again, you know, I want to focus on mass production. I want to yeah. focus on supplying uh, many stores across, uh, you know, the world from there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get ready. We're getting yeah, ready get, for worldwide Yeah, domination. by the way, I'm in New York this month, finally. So, yeah, so soon, you know. But, um, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, haute couture, I cannot must produce yeah, you know no, no. it has to be very unique it has to be a lot of handwork in my imagination you know right. i always like to make it very exquisite yeah. you know and uh, you know beading and uh, embroidery yeah, and everything wow. you know so i i, I feel that uh, so far i'm very happy designing for my clients directly you know Maybe I'll have a few pieces in stores, and I do have a few pieces in uh, rack by Kachins on um, mm -hmm. on Owasa Road. I have some pieces there, which are haute couture. Uh, however, I if I do um, I do mostly cocktail dresses now. Okay. You know, if I do long dresses, they're more simplified. You mm -hmm. know, so uh, very uh, elegant. Yeah, they're the... elegant, but you know, they're available to the larger public. Yeah. So, you still can take it to a prom or a yeah, dance, but it's not it's really not what to do. But it looks like, eh? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so what helps you design? What what really helps you, like, okay, I need to design, I need to do this. How? What, what does it really put you in the zone? Uh, 
Okay, so for me, uh, to be honest with you, fabrics help me. Okay. You know, I know a lot of design, they first do the design, then they buy the fabric. Um, I work somehow the other way around, because like I I go to an exhibition and I see the most beautiful brocades and the most beautiful uh, laces, and I do a lot of impulse buying <laughs> like that, you know, which is very bad from a business point of view, but for me it's not because it's part of the I always use process. it, you know. Yeah. So I, I buy the materials, uh, based on what materials I really like. Then I put them into, you know, my color palette and I say, okay. But I know my color palette before going to the exhibition, uh-huh. so I don't buy colors I won't use, you know. So I buy my colors, but I buy materials that I really like and I, as I look at that material, I see the dress and I see the jacket and I see the pant and I see the, immediately I know what I will do from that material. So that, you know, that's what inspires me, the, the fabrics. If I see an ugly fabric, I don't see anything in it. You know, I need to see a beautiful, beautiful fabric that I know this will be the most beautiful as a jacket, and the most I can combine this with this, and I make I can make sleeves of this, and I can make. You, you know, like you know, you're so like Michelangelo. Michelangelo used to say, like, out of that marble slab, I'm I'm gonna be bringing out a beautiful sculpture, and he he will do the work. Yeah, out of a marble. Boulder, basically. But, Nobody would see what he was seeing when he was able to see. You're the I same. think a lot of creative minds work like that. Yeah. You know, you, you, I, I cannot work on a very structured process. I, sometimes you need to, mm-hmm. you know, you just, uh, even if I finish my collection, I still go into my atelier and I want this dress <laughs> and I said, I tell my people I need this dress and I need that dress. and It's an ongoing thing on an everyday basis for me, you know, I, it never stops. How many people do you have right now in your atelier? I have five people uh, that are working on my samples and we, uh, we outsource our production to to okay. other factories, yeah. And you control also? Did you, people, you, uh, you manage to control the quality? Uh, yeah, because, you know, we, we use the factories uh, that, uh, I, as I said, yeah. produce for Lanvin, they produce yeah. Isabel Morant, and so on, you know? So we use those type of factories. So they already have quality that cheap. quality that is required, uh, you know, for high-end, in high-end stores. Yeah. So in my atelier, my people know, because... If I see that something is off, even the stitching is not straight, even by a bit, things get unstitched and stitched again. Uh -uh. And this is a (laughs) thing that comes, and I know that this is a problem, you know, for me, but like this is... You're the person in me, which I which I don't allow myself to, you know, I, I'm a very big perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, even in my studies, you know, when I was in my studies, I, I, I got the highest marks. I was like always, uh, um, I, I finished with an honors degree because I always like to, everything has to be perfect. And that will drive my husband crazy. <laughs> and I said, it cannot be like that. Just, you know, just do whatever you can. But I, I would make sure I sit till 2 o'clock to get things done perfectly, you know, uh, 2 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, so, like, yeah. so I think different people are different, you know, yeah. but uh, I, I find it as a good quality in my business. It helps, you know, it, it, it helps get the right client. As, and, and the only problem with perfectionism is when you get a stock. Yeah, but if you don't allow yourself, or you have a team that will unstuck you, then it's yeah, okay. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, at the end of the day, well, it delays a bit of time on my part. But you know what? I've noticed. I've, I've insisted with that. In the first few months, it delayed me a lot. However, now 
things are done right from the first time. Yeah. Because nobody wants to go back and teach and teach again, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you it's a training process as well. Yeah, you know? true. So, Very yeah. true. And it's, it's, it's who you are, and yeah. it's part of the Dina Milwani as and it's a brand. part of my image as a brand. Like, exactly. I Everything has to, to be perfect, yeah. So, um, what's your motto? Um, okay, so my motto, one would be, should I have two motives? Okay, <laughs> sure, you can okay. have as many as you want. First of all, <laughs> uh, one motto would be never compromise on quality. Okay. And another motto would be design something that I would like to wear myself. Okay. So I would have two motives for my business. That's good, yeah. that's good. Both of them are really good. <laughs> How many stores do you have right now worldwide? Okay, so if to if I would count at the moment, I would have... Uh, Okay, around 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, not my stores. I no, no, yeah. The stores. Yeah. Point of sales where yeah, you're point of sales. Yeah. So at the moment we have two in New York. Okay. Um, I have, um, so I have uh, five in UAE and then I have uh, three online. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're starting with Los Angeles in September as oh, well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so in, in Los Angeles... Um, it's very exciting for me, actually. Everything is getting um, finalized now, but uh, it's it's somewhere I always wanted uh, to be as a brand because yeah. I think it is, you know, it, it is in a way also a fashion hub because mm-hmm. uh, you know you get a lot of celebrities wearing big designers and you know it's it's becoming a a very big thing to have your dresses worn by such so you know I would love to penetrate that market you know as well so I'm very excited for us to come in September wow, to be honest. that's amazing how was your work received internationally when you were starting I when um, you opened the first shop they outside? really liked uh, so they really liked uh, my items and uh, you know to be honest with you when I went to Los Angeles now in in May, mm-hmm. I met, um, I have a person that represents me there, and I have a person who works with me uh, on PR, so we're starting actually in July, I'm very excited for that. So she then, uh, I gave some samples there, which she was able to show to some stores, and they perceived it very well, That's and good. I'm very happy, you know, so that gives me a lot, a, a tremendous amount of confidence in me. As a designer, because you always, when you start, you always have this, would people like my things? Am I good enough? Do people actually like to wear my, you know, so once you start and you persevere and you, you know, things are not done immediately. I had a lot of frustrations along the way, but, you know, by giving my samples and her giving me such feedback from such and such store, it gives you a lot of satisfaction and confidence, you know, to go move forward. What do you think is the biggest challenge for new designers that want to sell international? It, it is a very big challenge because you first of all have to go there uh-huh. and have the right contacts to approach certain stores, you know, because it is a networking work, you know, that's why I would say PR is very important, you mm-hmm. know, because you, you have to have someone that gets your name out there and uh, get people to know you because if you go as a new brand uh, to a store internationally, they need to know, okay, where else do you sell? 
What is your quality? What is your material? Will you be able to manage your stock? Yeah, Will you be able to always have your supply in place? How serious you are? Everything has to be up to the highest level. So I didn't approach it, uh, stores internationally until I made sure I have my production. Because I even to the Los Angeles stores, I, I told them September because I need to make sure all my production is in place. Okay. Everything has to be to the highest level of professionalism okay. with internationally. Because, you know, it's not, uh, it's all about business. If you tell them 15th of June, it has to be 15th of June. It cannot be uh, one day later, you know. So yeah. you have to work like that and you have to accommodate them like that. It's all about knocking doors, having the right contacts, going physically there. I went to Los Angeles, I met the people, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to keep going to exhibitions, participating in exhibitions, getting your name up there, doing PR. It's very important to build a name. And once you build a name, slowly stores and contacts start approaching you. Mm -hmm. Even now, I've, I've had stores that approached us, and I'm working now to, you know, increase my production so I can expand mm -hmm. into those stores as well. Because, you know, it's, it, once you are in many stores, also your responsibility yeah. increases by a lot. You know, you have to manage not only your stock, what is being produced, you also have to manage your supplies uh, from accessories to materials from suppliers all over the world because I supply Italy, France, Spain, Japan, you know, I, I supply from many, many, even India embroidery, you know, um, and wow. uh, so on, you know. So you have to manage, for that collection, you have to know how much material you need from all the suppliers, how many buttons, how many zippers, how many, how much lining. <laughs> each outfit has a different lining. Each outfit has a different accessory on it. Each lining has, you know, so every single thing has to be organized. So it's a very, you know, important thing to be professional and organized and... Definitely. Wow. Know, to expand. Um, what do you produce then? The production is? Okay, so the production at the moment, um, okay, so that one factory is in Romania mm -hmm. and another factory is in India. Okay. So we're working with them. Okay. And uh, another factory, we, we do have some production being here. In and uh, certain garments are produced at the moment in my atelier. Reason being is that um, the material is extremely expensive for me to yeah. allow myself to trust someone else with it, you know, because I'm very, I think once that, the, you know, the amount being ordered will go higher, then I have to... You mentioned that up. you source your fabric from Italy, from yeah. Spain, from Japan, from France, everywhere, right? Yes. And then you distribute it to the different factories depending on the, on the, on the, on the garment that I'm producing. And, yeah. How do you organize the logistics and the distribution to the different, to the different factories and then from the different factories to the different shops? So, I always, uh, because I'm still small, I'm not that big like other brands, everything gets reverted back to my office, from my office back to the shop. So, okay. everything goes through... So back to headquarters? Yeah. And get yeah, checked to our, and yeah. distributed? So, mm -hmm. even um, the materials get first... Uh, uh, whatever materials have to be sent to Romania or to India, we have to know exactly first how many meters 
goes for a dress, how much is the wasted percentage, and we calculate for each garment, everything has to be calculated exactly for us to send that material there. Because if I send too much, and then, or if I send too less, then, you know, it, yeah, it's yeah. a headache. We have to know exactly much how much it is. So everything yeah. has to be calculated to the exact. How many buttons, how many things, you know. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of logistics involved in it. It's a lot of uh, headache. But, uh, I, you know, I've, I've seen it's not a very easy business to be in if you want to do it as a business. So there is a difference between an atelier mm -hmm. and uh, when you want to go into the mass, uh, into yeah. the mass, uh, like, oh, sorry, I'm not saying mass production as, you know, but it's still yeah. when you want to do, you know, more production, more, more production yeah. one on one one. <laughs> so it's a huge difference between that and this. Atelier, I feel it's a much better, much easier to manage, mm -hmm. but then this is not what I want to do. I want to do, I want to spread all over the world, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, do you need to adapt your creations depending on the market? Like, for example, UAE is starting kind of yeah, like... Of course. And then, yeah. So your production for US, for example, is different? For now, because we just talked to them. Mm -hmm. I'm sending them whatever I feel would work, <laughs> would work. but then uh, once... I'll see what sells, what doesn't sell, and then I'll adapt accordingly, because I, I always adapt. Even with my collection, I see, aha, uh -huh, this sells better, this doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. Then, whenever I produce, whenever I do my next product, then I would do something that would be similar to what would sell. Mm -hmm. You know, so I always adapt myself to the customer's needs and wants. It, it, if you don't adapt, you don't survive. You know, even Darwin said mm -hmm. that it's not the strongest who survives, it's the one that can adapt the best. You know, yeah. so it's, it's the same with, the, with us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, when did you know you were ready to start selling overseas? Okay, so I, at the beginning, uh, meaning even this year, I, I wasn't feeling very ready to start selling overseas unless I had my production in order. Okay. To have a production in order, you always need to have few backups because one factory can tell you the production will be ready this month however things happen and production gets delayed to sell overseas you cannot they don't understand my production got delayed and this happened and my cat jumped on. you know what i mean yeah. it's not uh, uh, my dog eat my homework yeah it's, uh, it's not something that uh, they understand you yeah. know you have to deliver by that day so i was ready when I had a plan A, plan B, plan C in place. Yeah. That means if the factory doesn't deliver, I can make another factory, you know. Uh, so I give my production, I split my production into two factories. Mm -hmm. I don't, minimize the risk. I don't, I minimize the risk. And even now, the, for example, the new workshop we're selling in, um, my factory uh, was supposed to deliver last week. However, you know, due to timings and everything, they, they, they delayed the production. I'm supposed to send the shipment tomorrow. I made sure, regardless what what they said they'll deliver, all the items are produced again in my atelier. Oh. You know? So I made sure I do have the production. Even if they, even if they delivered, I still had my items to send because I cannot afford to lose faith yeah. in a shop or of such level yeah. because it looks bad on me as yeah. in my future collaboration with the shop. Yeah, definitely. So I always have my items 
in my atelier ready, but I still keep pushing the factory on. Are you? I have to do my delivery. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you know, that's their job. <laughs> and uh, now I'm starting. I'm starting with two, two factories, two more factories. You know, uh-huh. and uh, I'll have four factories to work with. So it's it's very. Then it's very, you know, it will be very easy for me to then, you know, give me a, a lot of peace of mind. I, I admire how organized you are. Really. I'm not really. You are, you are, you're amazing. Because <laughs> things go crazy sometimes, but then you have to have the right people in place right, that will right. also help you with that, you know, yeah, because that's it's... True. That's true. But I'm always on top of things, because once you lose you lose control of things, then, then it can go down. So I always make sure that I check everything. However, you need to have the right people, and mm-hmm. the right people is the best thing you can ever yeah, acquire sure. in a business because it's your team. If your team, you know, the team that you can fully trust that will help you and will contribute to grow yeah. your uh, yeah. your you know. So your true. Business. So true. I am. I I take this chance to say yeah. the Dubai Fashion News has an amazing team Yay. too and I love them all <laughs> so yeah and also yours Dina yeah. also loves our team yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you learn from setting up your business like when you start did you start it in UAE uh, I started it yes here okay so okay. now let's go backwards because you're so organized What? how did you start it like you... I became organized I wasn't organized <laughs> at the beginning I became because if you're not organized you lose big that's what <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to know what goes out of the what goes out of the office, what goes uh, into the office. You have to keep inventory. You have to, you know, if you don't do that, uh, so, then you don't, you know, accounts. Don't so when when the when new sense. designers are starting, they need to put together like a business plan or something. They have to because uh, you know, uh, if you're not organized from the beginning, to organize things later is much harder. Okay. Yeah, because then exactly. you don't really remember how much you pay for that. What yeah. did you do this? What did you get this? Everything has to be organized and put in a list where you know which suppliers gave you what, where how did much? you buy certain things, what did you do, how much you paid. Everything has to be in a in a system. Yeah. So a system. If you don't put a system from the day one, when you reach day 100 it'll be harder and when you reach day 300 it'll be even harder you can't go back on it you know? so I, I didn't do a system from day one i was okay i remember this and i remember that but then you know after six months i realized okay i don't know I, 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 I don't remember that much <laughs> and my husband you know my husband's doing into manufacturing his um he has factories of uh, plastic factories mm-hmm. in uh, africa so he is a big influence. He's always telling me, you have to have a system in place. You have to do this. If you don't do this, you'll lose. Mm. And I never used to listen to him until I, I learned mm. myself, you know, that, okay, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, I've done that wrong, you know. So then you, you and he always kept saying, emphasizing, you have to get the right people. Yeah. Like, you have to the have a good manager. Because if you don't get a good manager, everything else uh, doesn't flow, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You need to be able to delegate and have a good team that you know that you can trust them totally. So this was the part when you started. Now, what is the future? What do you see Dina Melwani as a brand in five years, for example? So I would love to be in uh, Europe, you know, in more like countries like London, because at the moment we only wouldn't talk to someone from London, but it's... um, Also, wow. Yeah, so... (laughs) 
So um, well, I would love to expand into London. I would love to expand into the U.S. market even more than mm-hmm. you know. So uh, also into Asian markets such as Hong Kong, Singapore, and uh, I would like to become a global brand, to be honest, because I want um, I I I don't want to be an atelier or a local brand. I I I my aspiration is to become global, and I. That's what I would love to be in five years. So if God, if God this, with your dresses, <laughs> yeah, that will be my biggest satisfaction in life. And you know, it's, again, I'm not doing this for money. And even I told my husband, eventually, once I start making, uh, you know, profits that I don't reinvest, because now everything I reinvest again oh, into my business. Oh, this is also yeah. interesting. So yeah. everything you are doing, you're putting I, it back. I put it back into the business because otherwise, I I don't take a salary. I work for free, basically. Mm-hmm. I i pay salaries to my people i pay my rent i pay my materials and i reinvest in new materials in uh, i uh, expand my team if necessary i always keep reinvesting everything i make because it's not it, if you have some spare money invest in pr mm-hmm. if you have some spare money invest in you know uh, to grow bigger to grow bigger because it, i know that many new designers cannot afford not to take money out of the business but um, as much as they can to cut out their living for the first two, three years until they grow, it's very important to keep investing in your business. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, I stopped my thought. As I said, um, money doesn't necessarily motivate me. So I even told my husband, like, once the profits are there, mm-hmm. for me to take out half will go to charity, so half of the profits. So that's, I, I, I want oh, to say that on the radio because I want, to, so I, wanted, I, I, I want to do that, definitely. So if I don't do it in three years time, you can come back to me and I said, <laughs> I you think said that. Yeah. Podcast, I think so I will do it, yeah, because that's, that's eventually my dream. And I think it's very important. Any particular charity this, that know. is close to your heart or charities um, in general? In general, you know, my husband has a lot of charities he uh, works with, so he always supports like Red Cross or Oxfam, yeah. you know. I also work, uh, I support charities back home in Moldova, you know, because they have uh, children that are orphans yeah. or uh, children that need uh, prosthetics. That I would like to be a global friend, not because of the money necessarily, but just to get my name out there and, uh, you know, bring change. Bring change. Okay, and and you what to, gives me happiness. Profit, uh, if you're going to be sharing half of it, yeah. only me, that's amazing. But really. also see people wearing my stuff. So that's mm-hmm. what will give me tremendous pleasure. That's what will make me feel accomplished as a person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, some people feel accomplished by, I don't know, by having a nice... Uh, by having a nice car, a nice mm-hmm. house, a nice this. I literally would love to see people happy with my services. Because that would be my accomplishment in life. You know, like I'm always, you know. yeah. That's awesome. We love that. <laughs> We're about to finish, Arlene. We need to wrap up. But yeah, first, definitely. before that, how can our listeners and readers get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, we can, uh, they can always go uh, on my uh, website, so mm-hmm. which is www.dinamelwani.com mm-hmm. or on my Instagram, which is Dinamelwani Official. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the contact is there, and they can go to Box Park, uh, Atelier des Artistes, my oh, yeah. there. the shop's here. Okay, uh, okay, so I have Atelier des Artistes, I have a Rack by Kachins, I have a concept store. 
Then uh, there is uh, Fashion Vault, mm-hmm. and uh, one more store is coming uh, by the end of the month. I, I, I cannot tell it now. I'm going to put it on my website <laughs> by the end of the month. Yeah. So, okay, uh, so stay tuned. Follow her on Instagram to find out where is the, the next uh, Yeah, and then in New York, we're on, uh, on West Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the store is called uh, oh. Flying Solo, and uh, they're also on Mulberry Street. So they have two locations at the moment. Okay. So, and yeah, if so anyone is in New York, yeah, and LA is in September. Yeah. So I'm very excited for what's to come. You know? That's amazing. You know, it's such a pleasure to thank have you here. So thank you so much. much. We learned so much. Honestly, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to <laughs> share. No, and, thank you so uh, much. And uh, we keep in touch. Definitely. Friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and would love to, you know, come again maybe next year with more experience. Anytime. You know? This is your house. Anytime, whenever you want. So that was our interview with Dina Melwani. I love how much we learned today, honestly. I am so amazed how organized and analytical she became in order to be successful and how openly she shares her mistakes and her successes with us. Thank you, Dina. You are a star and this is your home whenever and wherever you want to come back again you are always invited from the bottom of my heart i want to thank you all my listeners for being there i really hope you enjoyed the interview and if you liked it hit the subscribe button and give us your five star rating on itunes your five stars will allow this podcast to grow and get more visibility within itunes And don't forget to leave a comment, a nice one. Your feedback is super important for us. We want to know your thoughts to keep on improving. You can subscribe also to our digital magazine, DubaiFashionNews.com. There you can find all the archives with past podcasts. In case you want to catch up and learn, for example, how Shomaila Motor or Emirates Fashionista managed to get thousands and thousands of engaged Instagram followers or how other fashion managed to start selling in Galerie Lafayette. If you want to communicate with us, be part of the program or are interested in a particular topic, just send us an email to hello at dubaifashionnews.com or use our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Thank you and see you in the next podcast. Oh, oh, oh.